In this edition of Locked On Capitals, we do a season wrap-up with Bob Matthews next on this edition of Locked On Caps. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at Locked On Caps. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about the Capitals at the draft. This team could get younger and faster at the draft if they pick the right player. We'll talk about the coaching changes and what ultimately will this team look like at the start of next season. In this edition, we are happy to have Bob Matthews of the Bob Matthews Podcast. Bob, welcome back to the show. Thunder Dan, thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Always good to talk hockey with you. It's great to have you here. So I'm excited about the draft and what's coming up here shortly here, the draft lottery in particular. The Capitals will be taking part in this year's NHL draft lottery for the first time in nearly a decade. That was 2014. How excited are you about the potential of what could be? There are some big names on that list, most notably Connor Bedard. Yeah, I, I think like everybody, we're all uh, hoping that the the Caps uh, beat the odds and wind up with the number one pick, although I don't think that's uh, it's very likely. I Not only am I excited because this team does need to get younger, I think as Capitals fans, you need to kind of savor this moment in the sense that it is the first time it's it's happened in 10 years. So hopefully it's a bit of an outlier. And also, we can kind of comfort ourselves with the fact that this is probably the only team right now in the DMV that we can give the front office the benefit of the doubt that they're going to get this right. If you look at Brian McClellan's track record, obviously, a Stanley Cup championship, two presidents, trophies, and five or six straight division titles, you can say, well, at least we know we can assume that he is going to make the right decision with the first round pick. Doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to work out, but at least we can have confidence in the fact that he's going to do at the time what is the best thing for this club, unlike some of the front office moves we've seen from some other teams in the DMV over the last 10, 20, and 30 years. Yeah, and just so for some clarification, I've been covering the draft the last couple shows in here, and people are like, they they lost the first-round draft pick to when they got Rasmus Sandin. And I guess what I'm talking about here a little bit more uh, is the pick in the draft lottery. The Caps currently have the eighth-best odds at landing the number one overall pick, where Canadian phenom Connor Bedard is widely expected to be selected first. With the eighth-best odds, Washington has a 54.4 chance at staying put, but also could find themselves ending up with a first-round pick outside 
of the top eight. So you're telling me there's a chance? I'm telling you there's a chance. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say that it, it is going to happen, but I'm excited at the potential of what could be. How much better would the Capitals be with Connor Bedard <laughs> on oh. their team? I just, you know, uh, what, at least potentially the next Alex Ovechkin. All right. Maybe that's a little bit of a, a too much of a sell, but everything you hear about Connor Bedard is he's the next wonderkin that's coming up. So yeah, I mean, you know, he's everybody's consensus. Number one pick, they say he's going to be an all-star. So yeah, if they take whatever it is, the 4% chance or whatever we said it was to get the number one pick, yeah, obviously you take him and all of a sudden you're you're in great shape and everybody is over the moon for the fact that we'll have the grade eight for the next three years or so, but we could console ourselves with a can't miss pick in the pipeline ready to, to step in when he steps out, if not yeah, more. I- Right. And it is exciting. And it's interesting that you bring up Alex Ovechkin. Washington has not owned a top pick in the draft since 2007. We all recall what occurred in 2004 when the Caps climbed to the very top, drafting that guy who knows a thing about or two about hockey, Alex Ovechkin. So uh, it is exciting, you know, just at the possibility. And even if it isn't a Connor Bernard, if they could get one of the guys, I would say even in the top five. Wow, mm-hmm. it's an impressive list out there. And I think the Capitals, it would it fits the narrative of them wanting to get younger and faster. Uh, one of the things that Brian McClellan did address in his uh, breakdown day or postseason presser was the talk about one, two, the top six. And when pressed, he said, or when the beat writers pressed him, they said, well, I, he said, I want to worry about all of it, the center, the wings, all of it. It needs to get a lot better because Alex Ovechkin was the one that was carrying the bulk of the mail for the team. The season before Tom Wilson and Evgeny Kuznetsov were in the top three along with Alex Ovechkin and goal, goals, but not really Tom Wilson's fault. He missed a lion's share of the season due to injury, but as we know, Kuznetsov has dropped off. So it would be in the Caps' best interest to maybe draft a really great forward or a defenseman. What do you think they should target? What position in particular do you think they should target? Well, I mean, I think wing is is the the position of, of most need because y- you need a top six winger right now to pick up some of the scoring slack. You're right, because it was Ovi and the Oviets this year. <laughs> Every, it seems like, mock draft that I have read here in the last few days has them going center, which I, you know, who knows? I'm not in the room. I don't know what's in Brian McClellan's head, but again, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. If all of these folks say he needs a, he needs to draft a center and he does draft a center. I'll just assume that that's uh, that that's the move they need to make, whether, you know, they can get lucky and get in and Oliver Moore, I guess it's Oliver, it maybe Olivier. You, you never know these days mm-hmm. uh, or a Will Smith, the Dabrowski, uh, you know, Leo Carlson, who can play both um, center and, and, and wing. If they're, you know, Adam Fantilli is supposed to be the second, you know, best center in the draft. If they could get one of those guys and, you know, then all of a sudden you start looking at that center depth, you know, you've already got Hendricks LaPierre and Connor McMichael who are in the pipeline and who need both to be in Washington next year. So maybe that makes sense to do that. Yeah, and um, you know, my big hope is 
is that, you know, it'll be finally the season for a Connor McMichael, a Hendricks LaPierre, a Vinny Iario. And we'll talk a little bit later how that ties in with the head coach uh, that they have. You know, one of the big digs on LaViolette and Barry Trotz, a couple coaches before him, was their they didn't, they didn't want to, you know, risk it with young players. And that's why they always went with the quote unquote sure thing with the veterans on the team. So um, now, now they're in a great position to finally fit that narrative of wanting to get younger and faster. And as we can tell, there is a lot of great talent as the Hershey bears are in the Calder cup playoffs. So they're doing something right down there. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. I mean, you saw this as a team that's one of the top seeds in the playoffs. And yeah, there are some vets on the team that have been in the AHL for a while. But there's also, um, you know, you've also got the kids, like we said, the aforementioned uh, LaPierre and and Connor McMichael that are there as well. You know, uh, not to mention uh, a couple of other, you know, young stars. Ethan Frank, who, you know, I've been on here pretty much all year and am dying to see, hopefully get a shot next year up in the NHL. You know, how how good is he? We need to find out. We may need to find out about Lucas Johansson as well. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's it, you hope that it's not just a bunch of veterans carrying the Bears uh, against AHL kids, I don't think it is. And for God's sake, if those guys are getting the job done down there, let's give them a chance in Washington because, you know, what what the Cavs had last year clearly didn't work because they're on the outside looking in. That's right. So, you know, change is coming and I hope, you know, I don't want it to be all young players, but to add some young talent in there along with the veteran core, I think that would be an ideal fit. All right. So after the break here, we're going to talk about the coaching changes in Washington was moving on from Peter Laviolette, ultimately the right thing to do. We'll talk about that straight ahead. Looking for a delicious snack, but don't want all of the sugar and calories, then you need the best tasting protein bar ever built. You got to try this. If you're like me, you want to eat healthier with a great snack choice, but you don't want to compromise on taste. I've got the thing for you. Built bars are built puffs. Built bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing. You won't think they're good for you. You got to try this. So what makes built bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right. Real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy with only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. So I've often spoke about how you can get these at Built.com, but now you can get them at your nearest Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, and coconut puff. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter puff, and churro. You can thank me later. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure and subscribe or follow to Locked On Capitals as I have some big guests lined up. I have Mike Vogel and John Walton in the coming weeks, so make sure and subscribe. In this edition, we have Bob Matthews of the Bob Matthews Podcast, a really great podcast covering all the sports for the most part in the DMV 
In this next segment, we are going to talk about the move from Peter Laviolette. It was one of the things that I have spoke with you pretty much this entire season, if it was the right thing to do, if it was the wrong thing to do. As it turns out, it seems to me that it was Peter Laviolette's idea. He is the one that wanted the meeting with Brian McClellan and said that he wanted to part ways. And Brian McClellan said, it's interesting. We want to part ways with you, too. <laughs> kind of reminds you if you've ever broken up with a girlfriend in the past and they said, I want to break up with you. And they're like, but I wanted to break up with you, too. So the truth <laughs> lies somewhere in the middle. Maybe there's a yeah. song about that. But in any event, uh, the Caps and, Brian McC- uh, and Peter Laviolette decided to part ways and one of the things that Brian McClellan had said is he wants the next coach to be able to work with the veterans and the young players. Uh, he said, I don't know if that coach out there exists, but that is what we are going to look for. Some of the front runners out there are Spencer Carberry, which we know has a really great rapport with the Bears and the young players, and also uh, Jeff Halpern as well, who, um, you know, obviously his history with the Capitals and an assistant coach uh, with, uh, with the Lightning down there. Um, Do you think that ultimately it was the right thing to do to move on from Peter Laviolette, considering the issues with COVID and the myriad of injuries this Caps team faced? Oh, absolutely. I I think it was. It was just time. I I get why they hired him when uh, when they let Todd Reardon go. You know, you figure, okay, the window is still open three years ago. Let's get a veteran coach in here who can get the most out of the situation with the veteran core that we had. But, you know, I, I think that he forced McClellan to make some moves that I didn't like at the time and, and didn't work out, you know, letting Jacob Vrana uh, go to Detroit in exchange for Anthony Mantha and a first round draft pick. I, I still think that was a mistake. Um, But, you know, that was the style of play that Lobby wanted. You know, that's the style of play that Lobby has with his teams. But we're just in a situation now where you you need a different type of coach. You need a coach that can bring along those young kids. And really, I mean, what what better time than now to start getting younger? Because some of those prospects that you can have, you know, how great is it that they get to learn at the feet of guys that won a cup, the, you know, the, the greatest goal scorer in the history of the game, and, and Nicholas Backstrom and TJ Oshie and, and Tom Wilson and John Carlson. I mean, to, to see how to be a professional, I, I think would just translate dividends, you know, down the line. Now, the question is, like McClellan said, how do you find that unicorn that, is going to be good working with the kids, but at the same time commands the respect of the veterans in the locker room. Going to be a hard, those are hard shoes to fill. But again, we can at least take comfort in the fact that as of today, we can, because of past performance, you can give Brian McClellan the benefit of the doubt that he can find that guy. Yeah, and I mean, he has that great track record of, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say head coaching so much because that's been a little sketchy. I know that Barry Trotz was good, but you take a look at Todd Reardon, that was a bit of a tumble. And I'm not going to say that uh, Peter Laviolette was a mistake. I was pretty excited when they brought him here. He is the winningest U.S.-born coach, uh, the eighth all-time in wins. So his track record speaks for himself. I just think to a certain extent kind of fits you know, historically of, of who he is, as he pushes the team hard and then he kind of loses the room there a little bit as well. So 
It wasn't just Peter Laviolette. The Caps also parted ways with Blaine Forsyth and uh, McCarthy. We know McCarthy was uh, Peter Laviolette's lieutenant there and has followed him for for many years. Uh, One of the guys that gets a lot of criticism, most notably on his handling of the power play, is Blaine Forsyth. 17 years uh, with the team, so that is quite uh, an impressive. He worked his way up as a video coach and that kind of thing. And I think that he got initial success. And one of the things that's overlooked is, you know, you know, if you can generalize Blaine Forsyth and what he is, one of the feathers that he has in his hat is Alex Ovechkin. He scored 188 of his NHL record 299 power play goals in the 11 seasons Forsyth was in charge. So despite the fact that maybe he lost his effectiveness the last couple seasons here, he had that Caps team humming along for a good period of time. Talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on Forsyth. Well, I I think, you know, like you said, it, it's really easy to look real good when you have Alex Ovechkin sitting in his office um, the uh, on the entire power play. It might have been a little bit of bad luck for him in the fact that, again, so many injuries um, this past year. I mean, you, did, you almost didn't recognize some of the, you know, the power play at times last year. I think you saw how important John Carlson was to it and, and TJ Oshie as well. But again, I guess at the end of the day, you look at it and you say, okay, yeah, there were injuries, but maybe you didn't, maybe Forsyth didn't do as good a job adapting to what he had at that given time as he could have. And it could also be just um, just a case of, you know what, we need a reboot here. Let's, you know, let's go ahead and get a fresh look at the power play unit as well. So maybe it'll benefit from a set of new eyes next year. And the thing of it is, is, you know, they, everyone said that it was predictable that Alex Ovechkin always set up in his office. And to them, I say, who cares if he can get those kind of goals from his office? Great. I mean, I know that it's not good to be pigeonholed as a, a one trick pony, if, if you will. But uh, just Forsyth had this to say about Ovechkin and where he sets up. You're not going to move him. And he doesn't really want to move. Forsyth said he's not comfortable in any other spot. And then you got Nick Backstrom, who does what he does on the half wall. Um, so, you know, the adage is if it's, you know, don't fix it, if it isn't broke, um, kind of holds true, but it's not necessarily the case. We did see Alex Ovechkin getting goals from a lot of different spots. I know that primarily when it's on the power play, he likes to set up there, but goalies have, have even said as much is we know it's coming and we still can't do anything to stop it. Um, and you know, it's interesting to me when I watch it, that oftentimes they still leave OV open. Uh, that's, that's really their fault anyway. So results speak for them. And I'm going to look at Forsyth. If I'm going to generalize him, I'm going to say that towards the end, you know, he kind of fell off a little bit, but overall, I think he did a good job. I mean, if you can hold a job in a coaching capacity for 17 years through many different administrations, different coaches, uh, that speaks volumes uh, for him as well. But it wasn't just him. It wasn't just McCarthy. It seems like they're dropping like flies. Caps strength coach Mark Namish left with nothing but fond memories of the Stanley Cup. So, <laughs> you know, they keep falling and keep falling. But for me, I think it really puts the Caps in a good position as the next head coach can bring in a majority of whoever he wants to bring in as assistant coaches and can have really a clean slate. Is that what's best for you as well? I think so. Uh, I think you want to 
make the job as attractive as possible so that you can get whoever you and everybody else perceives as the top prospect out there, whether that's Spencer Carberry or somebody else. And, you know, again, you can, as a fan, you know, there, here's another thing that you can go back and look at. Unlike, I know I keep using this analogy, but unlike some other teams in the DMV, when they go looking for a coach, this is an attractive place to come to Cap One Arena and the Capitals because you're still only three or four years removed from the Stanley Cup. You still have a veteran core that with some tweaks can get it done and and make probably make a, a deep playoff run. So, you know, optimize the situation as much as you can. You know, McClellan obviously knows what a coaching candidate wants to bring in, would want to bring in his own guy on the power, you know, for the power play, would want to bring in his own strength and conditioning coach. I think he's just kind of clearing the runway so that it's one less thing that uh, that a candidate can take a second look at before accepting an offer. Yeah. I mean, and that's, again, I think that a clean slate is the best thing. And one, an interesting thing that I heard is that Brian McClellan has got to get it right this next time, because usually, uh, you know, GMs aren't given a really long leash. They have, they can, you know, hire a couple different coaches, but I ultimately think, and I read this in the, in the athletic as well, is that a lot hinges on who this next head coach is. If he gets it right, I think his job is safe. But if it's another botched coach hiring, I think that Brian McClellan uh, might be the one that is looking for a new job. All right, so after the break here, we are going to talk about the UFAs that are on this team and uh, what is the ultimately the face of this Capitals team going to look like in, in the fall? We'll talk about that straight ahead. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Boners. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits the first time. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know where the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop at eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game at no time after all it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed get the right parts the right fit and the right prices on ebay motors let's ride eligible items only exclusions apply all right welcome back into this edition of locked on capitals part of the locked on podcast network your team every day in this episode we have bob matthews of the bob matthews podcast so the biggest uh thing that i've been talking about for quite some time is that tom wilson is set to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of next season and it's interesting that I'm hearing more and more rumblings out there about a lot of teams are saying, I think Tom Wilson be, would be a good fit on the stars. I think that Tom Wilson would be a good fit here or fit there. Um, other than Alex Ovechkin, I cannot think of one other player on this team right now who has a great of impact. Uh, you know, his impact on this team is huge, a physicality of what I perceive to be the future captain of this team. Um, the detractors to my argument would say that, you know, he's getting older and they should maximize the return on him right now where you could get a bunch of great players for him. I'm all in on Tom Wilson. I understand what people's argument is on it, but I could not imagine this team uh, without Tom, you know, 
the intimidation factor. That's one of the biggest things is, you know, sometimes he just has to skate into the vicinity and a situation kind of diffuses. Talk to me about how important you think it is for Tom Wilson, or do you think the Caps should move on from Tom Wilson? Yeah, I, I think the idea that they move on from Tom Wilson is probably the most asinine thing I have ever heard in my life. This is a guy, this is a homegrown guy who's won a cup. And as you said, is it's interesting that all of these teams uh, now are saying, oh, what a great fit he'd be with us. What a great fit he would be with us. I thought he was the most hated guy in the league that nobody wanted. No, Tom Wilson is a unicorn. He's a guy, he's a He's an enforcer who will drop the gloves in a heartbeat. And, oh, by the way, he can also skate and score. No, you absolutely give Tom Wilson whatever he wants in order to stay. I don't care that he's 30 years old. Fine. Mm -hmm. Give him a six-year contract. You need this guy to be the bridge between what's going to be the end of the OV era and the beginning of whatever the next era is uh you know aside uh, okay yes he's you know he blew out an acl other than that he's been you know relatively healthy his entire career and like you said just having him on the ice keeps a lot of opponents in check so no i say you give him whatever he wants make it work and you keep tom wilson here for the rest of his career Absolutely, because I don't think there's another one of the 31 other teams in the league that wouldn't love to have him. People are like, well, he's like a Ryan Reeves or he's like Maroon. No, those guys are just goons. They're the junkyard dog. They don't score goals on a regular basis. So two other players that are interesting for me, I'll start with the biggest one other than Tom Wilson, is Nick Backstrom. Uh, Brian McClellan was very noncommittal to his future in D.C. He said that ultimately next fall, you know, by the beginning of next season, he is going to have to make up his mind on what he wants to do with his career. I'm paraphrasing there, but uh, it is an interesting thing. As we know, Nick Backstrom had that hip resurfacing procedure, and I know that he missed, you know, about half the season a little bit more. He came back in January anyway, and he didn't seem to be skating at 100%. Um, it's my belief that, you know, I would be open to offers on Nick Backstrom. And I know that he has would, you know, yield a diminished return just because he's not playing that well. But we always hear about, you know, this team needs to make big changes. They need to get younger. They need to get faster. Well, that means that some of these older players are going to have to come out of the lineup to fit these new players in. Where do you stand with Nick Backstrom and his future with the Capitals? I think you raise a really good point, Dan, in we knew that at some point in time you were going to have to have some uncomfortable conversations about some of the core and Backstrom may be that guy. I think the beginning of next season is going to be huge for him. Now, if he steps onto the ice and all of a sudden there's some sort of a renaissance and he looks almost like the old backy, fantastic. But if not, again, uh, you go back to our first segment. We were talking about the consensus is the Capitals are going to take a center um, with their first pick. Well, let's say that guy progresses up the ladder pretty quickly. Where are you going to play him at center? You know, right. you've already got two guys, again, that we've got knocking on the door that are natural centers. And, you know, there's only, you've only got four of those spots at the big club and really only three because you really don't want to put a rookie, I don't think, on an identity line. 
what happens here with with Nicholas Backstrom? And if he's only 70% of the player that he was a few years ago, next year at the trade deadline, you know, there may be a contender out there that says a guy like Backstrom can help get them over the finish line. So if if it's not Kuznetsov that's gone in the offseason or the trade deadline, I think you've got to think about it being Backstrom. And if that means going to Ovi and telling him, hey, look, I know what we said when we signed you to this to this new contract, but, you know, we got to be more than just looking at you to, to break Wayne Gretzky's record. And, and I think you would like another chance to make a deep run in the play, at the playoffs. So, you know, it's got to be one or, or both of these guys uh, moving on. So I think it's possible not only you see Backstrom um, traded next year, if he, you know, is only 70% of what he was, but I think there's a, there's a chance that Kuznetsov goes as well. Yeah, and another intriguing guy for me is TJ Oshie. I love TJ Oshie. You know, uh, just he 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 endears himself to the fans. You know, yeah. yeah I get done watching his uh, breakdown videos, and I'm like, I like that guy. Just he's he's a real positive guy, and he talked about being ultra competitive, whether he is playing football or basketball, or he said wrestling. He's like, he looked at the beat writers. He's like, what you guys don't wrestle anymore. Uh, <laughs> so it was a funny thing. But my big problem with TJ Oshie is that he is prone to being injured. And, yeah. you know, if father time is coming for us all and the, the nucleus of the team is getting older, that would be another player that I would consider listening to offers on. I'm not going to say give them away, but let's listen to offers and see what we could get for them. Um, so you brought up Kuznetsov, uh, according to, uh, you know, when he was speaking with Russian media that he wanted out of D.C. He shot down those things. But then if you look historically, it's been said that he has wanted out of D.C. a couple times before. There is an interesting argument out there about the Caps' reluctance to move on from Evgeny Kuznetsov is that maybe if they get the right head coach, they could squeeze a little bit more juice out of that orange, the orange being Evgeny Kuznetsov. Um, do, you, do you agree with that assessment? Do you think that, you know, Evgeny Kuznetsov is revered as one of the great players, a bit hot and cold, albeit? Do you think that the next head coach of this team could reinvigorate Evgeny uh, Kuznetsov and get him back to his former glory. Well, I I know that any coach that would want the job here is going to say that he absolutely is one hundred percent convinced that he can, and here's how he's going to do it. Um, but I think this could be, you know, the year that that the Caps are going to have to decide: do we, you know, does he stay or does he go? He's going to be here. He is 31. Um, he's right there at the peak of his career. So if you're going to move him, now is the time you're going to move him. And if not, I, I think you're you're stuck with him almost. Um, can they, you know, can somebody come in and reinvigorate him? I sure hope that they can because he's obviously proved that he's got the talent to do it. He scored one of the biggest goals, arguably, in club history against the Pens in, in overtime back in 2018. But he just takes too many years off. <laughs> and, you know, they 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 can't afford that anymore. You know, Kuzi's got to be the number one center. And to your, uh, to your comments about uh, TJ Yoshii, I 100% agree with you. I mean, if I live to be 1,000, I'm not going to uh, – ever forget those scenes uh, back in 2018 of him taking the Metro 
uh, during the playoffs and and coming out of the tube at uh, at, at Cap One Arena there. And, and yeah, I think I think Oshi. I'm hoping Oshi's kind of a different story in that. Yeah, you know he's getting injured more and more, but just because he is so much of a heart and soul of the team that you ju- the juice wouldn't be worth the squeeze there as, as far as letting him go, that you just, you wouldn't get enough back for him. And so you might as well just ride with him into the sunset. It's almost something that they should maybe have considered years ago, back when it would have been, you know, Backstrom in his top form yeah. and Oshie in his top form. That would have yielded the biggest return, but that would have just been a crazy thought to most Caps fan. It still is now when I bring it up. They're like, I can't believe you're saying Backstrom and Oshie. It's just a thought. Again, I don't think they yeah. should give these players away, but I would be entered listen to offers of what uh, is available out there. Bob, I it's want just, to thank you. <laughs> go, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Go. No, I was just going to say it's the situation that we're in, uh, and we knew – that this team was going to be in three or four years ago when they made those multi-year commitments to both of those guys. You knew that what they were trying to do was keep the window open for as long as possible. You got over the hump. Now let's see if we can win another one or two cups with this group. Hadn't happened, and now you've got to retool on the fly. Um, But again, the one thing that you can take away as a cap fan you can at least comfort yourself in the fact that based on past performance, Brian McClellan's going to figure this thing out. Yeah, and I have faith in him. I always like what Mac does. Real sound judgment. Sometimes he does things out of the blue that you never saw coming, like the Niskan and an Orpic thing. I remember just like pumping my mm-hmm. fist when that happened and subsequently the Caps won a Stanley Cup shortly thereafter. But Bob, I want to thank you once again for joining us on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Why don't you tell everyone where we can find your work? You can find me at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com, also at sportsjourney.com or Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere that fine podcasts are sold. Uh, Go check us out. We've got our season wrap up there now with Roman Stubbs of the Washington Post, who took over the beat in the second half of the season. And uh, I, I hope that you will find it entertaining. We would love to have you come and spend a few minutes with us after, of course, you catch up on everything with Locked On Capitals podcast. That's always number one here. All right, Bob, thank you for joining us once again. And are you an everydayer of Locked On Capitals? I want to hear from you. Do you listen to this podcast on a daily basis? Hit me up on Twitter at DanCaps218 or at Locked On Caps and say, hey, Dan, I'm an everydayer. I listen to to the show every day. I'll give you a shout out on Friday's show. So once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time. This year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No credit checks to apply. Get started at Chime.com slash build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Chime checking account and 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply.